Welcome to Biota.org Interviews. I'm Tom Barbelay, and today I have the pleasure of talking with Jeffrey Ventrella, who emailed me earlier in the week with regards to a number of his artificial life projects. Jeffrey, for people not familiar with your work, can you please give some background into your uh, development and how you got interested in A-Life? Well, I started, uh, I was in art school, and I just graduated, and so I kind of came from the art and aesthetics background. Um, I had gotten a degree in art education, and I was very interested in, had always been interested in biology, wanted to be a doctor when I was younger. And I had never touched a computer, never written a program before in my life, and um, my brother brought home this computer and said, hey, do you know anything about fractals? And I said, frac what? And he said, let's try this. And so I wrote my first program, which made a fractal, and right away I discovered a new visual language, a language of emergent complexity. And I was playing around with film animation at the time. And I think just the whole mindset of fractals and chaos got me going in, in a certain direction, and it's never stopped since. Uh, so that's that's how I got into A-Live and programming in general. Terrific. Now, I noticed from your resume that you were at MIT Media Lab at a kind of formative time in the Media Lab's history. Can you give some background to that and uh, what it was like working with uh, people in that field? It was rough. Um, it wasn't necessarily rough because of the work. I mean, there were, the work was rough, too, but... It was rough because that was at a time in my life when I was debating about whether to move into a more heady space to get into um, uh, AI and, and, and technical things. And there was, there's, I also have a very Luddite side to myself, and I was sort of fighting that. Um, but the opportunity to go there to the media lab and, of course, to get full stipend and, and um, to be paid to live in Cambridge for two years was, was I couldn't resist that. Um, and so I did, uh, I, I did that, and it, it was a formative time. I think it may have been right at the edge of, uh, of the end of a, of a formative time, but there was still a lot of A-Life-related thinking going on, um, and it was, it was very exciting to work there. I got a lot. I uh, got some sea chops happening while I was there. Terrific, terrific. If we can talk about your first, or certainly what appears to be your first uh, commercial A-Life experience with Darwin Pond, uh, I've been playing with it recently. It's, it's a fascinating program. But in terms of the background of moving uh, A-Life into a commercial uh, venture, can you, can you give some discussion to that, please? Yeah, well, it, it, I, I think it was an attempt at moving it into a commercial venture. Obviously, it was done within Rocket Science Games, which was aimed at making uh, games that sell. Um, it, it also happened at, uh, at a time when the dot-com bubble was, was uh, about to burst and uh, the company was going under, um, and there were some legal battles between Rocket Science and Segasoft, um, and, and Darwin Pond was one of the things caught up in that snag, and it took me a while before I actually got a hold of it myself, where I could then do whatever I wanted to do with it. And by the time I got it, I was uh, just eager to get people to play with it, get people to use it, and I didn't even care whether I made money with it at the time. Um, and uh, it's actually gotten quite a bit of mileage uh, a lot of people like it, and um, and consequently, I developed Gene Pool based on that, and that's what that's what I've worked on more recently. Terrific. Yes, looking from Darwin Pond to Gene Pool, it does seem a, a logical track. Although there are some features in Darwin Pond that I like, like the test tubes and things of this nature. Yeah. Uh, those take advantage of some Windows Windows hackery that I that just 
little bit outside my vocabulary. Um, I would like to add some features like that to make it more user-friendly. This is an interesting point, actually. From your email earlier this week, I emailed the gene pool link onto a, a number of uh, A-Life folk and extended game folk because I thought it was very cool, particularly the user interface components, some of which have come from, from Darwin Pond. But the feedback that I got in particular was, was the question, why isn't gene pool open source? Can you give some background to that? I don't really have an answer to that. Um, I, it's still something that I'm, I'm working on, and I consider it an incomplete work of art. Um, and, um, you know, I, I think there, there are reasons why people want to make things open source. Um, but it just hasn't, it just hasn't, I haven't found any good reason to. Looking at the user interface in particular, uh, I found it very relaxing to, to play with gene pool. And some of the feedback I found with my own lane life development is that people tend to play it for relaxation. Have you gotten this kind of feedback from gene pool? Um, I haven't heard people say that it relaxes them. Um, some people say it excites them. And, um, but relaxation is, is great as well. Um, actually, mentioning that it relaxes them I think is good because um, uh, sometimes young children will play with this and they'll enjoy it and, and, it's, and I can sense that there's a bit of play involved, which is great because if they're learning some, if they're learning sort of almost unconsciously some uh, principles of complexity um, and e ecological system thinking at the same time as playing, then that's great. So uh, I think re if it's a relaxing activity, then I think that's great because something is happening in the background. In terms of the feedback that you've received from uh, Gene Paul, what kind of user feedback have you received that has actually uh, assisted in the development? I've got lots of feedback. Um, periodically, uh, every every week or so, I'll get one or two emails from people, and interestingly, most of them are in Europe or Russia. Um, very, not as many people in the states are are emailing about gene pool. I don't know exactly why. It's um, a phenomenon I found with Nobel Ape as well. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. So, so, um, and of course, UK. Uh, I, I think there's just a, a higher level of a life uh, consciousness in UK, at least in the universities. I don't know otherwise. Um, but, um, but I've got lots of technical issues, and and, and people have reported bugs. Um, you know, this doesn't work, and, and or I get an assert here or there, and I'll go and check and I'll fix it, uh, which is great, you know. You, you pr produced academic papers on the gene pool uh, software as well. Yeah. You were at ALIFE 10 recently. Can you give some background to, to ALIFE 10 and, and what you found there? Well, it was the 10th uh, annual, obviously, and it was, uh, they, they've held the conference every two years, so it's actually 20 years since the beginning. I was kind of shocked to hear that. Everybody was, actually, even though we knew it, um, that, that this, is, this uh, tradition has been going on for, for 10 years. Um, there are people who, uh, there, there's a very strong desire among many people in A-Life to make A-Life legitimate for biologists so that they want the nod from the biology community, which I think is good. And I think there are other people in the A-Life community who don't want as much of a nod from the bio biology community, and they want... Um, keep uh, things um, uh, abstract and uh, theoretical, um, and uh, I think that debate is still going on. It probably should always go on because it's an interesting uh, aspect of A-Life, um, but, um, but it was fun. It was, it, 
Now, did you give a paper on Gene Paul, or did you just submit a paper? No, at, at this conference, I didn't give a paper on Gene Paul. I gave a paper on a new technique that I uh, came up with, uh, emerging gliders in cellular automata. So I had been playing around with CAs, just like probably most other people in, in, in this area. And, um, and I had wondered about uh, gliders. I created a, an interactive breeding program where, where you could... Uh, um, sort of use this interface to, to uh, 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 give fitness functions for a genetic algorithm which runs in the background. And you don't even realize that there is a genetic algorithm running in the background, but what happens is as you continually rank these CA, uh, gliders start emerging, um, uh, which is a consequence of, of clicking on the CA that are the most interesting. Um, and that led me to wonder about the nature of motion and how we perceive motion. Um, and I started writing convolution filters and various techniques for extracting different image objects, fuzzy objects. Turns out that um, using a particle swarm is a much simpler and much more efficient way to track motion. And other people have been finding this out as well in tracking uh, motion of objects and video sequences and so forth. Uh, but what made it most interesting is the stigmergic aspect of how this particle swarm and the CA become two agents in an ecosystem, if you will. Um, and that's, that's, that's kind of how it applies to the stigmer stigmergy idea of one agent uh, interacting with the environment, and the environment is the other agent acting with the other environment, so they become each other's environments in a way. That makes any sense. It certainly does. In terms of the A-Life community, you, you've mentioned uh, A-Life 10 had a, a specific component of the community, but in terms of the kind of broader A-Life community, what would you like to see in the future? Um, broader, you mean outside of, of conference goers? I, I would think, I mean, Biota has an interesting subset of which A-Life 10 is a part of. But there seems to be a kind of broader network of, of hobbyists and people who wouldn't necessarily attend conferences, people from academic uh, areas that aren't, aren't necessarily part of the A-Life uh, 10 kind of conference circuit. What would you like to see from this kind of broader, richer community? Oh, geez. Uh, more of the same. I don't know. <laughs> um, I think it's all great stuff. And I think it's great when people that are not trained not technically trained or scientifically trained can dabble in this, uh, which is why I think it's great that, you know, uh, what you've made, the Noble Ape, and the stuff that I'm making uh, can be accessible to, to you know, people who are, who are not uh, C++ hackers or, or high-level scientists. I think bringing it down to a level where uh, students and everyday people can play around with these ideas, I think it's, I think that's a good thing. In terms of the future development of Gene Pool and, and your other projects, what would you like to see uh, in terms of community involvement? Would you like to see uh, people that were coders, people in documentation, advanced users, things of this nature? What would you like to see? Yeah, well, actually, um, this, actually, this comes back to your question about open source. Um, I think at a certain point it will have to be open source because, um, in fact, just today I was playing around with it. Um, uh, pursuing uh, some, some new tweaks, uh, environmental tweaks and things. And I think at a certain point it's going to grow to a size where one person, namely myself, is not able to maintain it anymore. And it has to sort of go out into a larger ecology, if you will. And I think maybe that's what open source allows to happen. So at a certain point, I think I'll let it go. Um, 
I'm not quite there yet. But um, I, I do think that that kind of thing, and also uh, perhaps in sh uh, short of that, maybe creating components that can be tweaked and scripted by other people um, to sort of open that, open that door. Any closing comments for the interview? Oh, gosh. Uh, I can't think of anything um, except that I think this is, just, this is just an endless pursuit, and it's in, in a good way. Um, I hope to be coding when I'm 85 and making, continuing to make A-Life a programs, um, emphasizing um, the educational aspect uh, and the artistic aspect of it so that everyday people can enjoy it and learn from it. Thank you very much for contacting me, Jeffrey, and thank you very much for this interview. You're welcome. Thank you.